We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode number 51 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I'm managing editor at Pixelkin.org and the mother of a four-year-old. I am joined, as always, by fellow mom and publisher of Pixelkin, Linda Brenneman. Hi. And dad, not mom, uh, father of three and editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming, Stephen Dutzman. Hello, everyone. Uh, Nicole, uh, if if you and if you keep appearing on my podcast, people are going to actually think we like each other. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. That's for sure. We don't. I mean, yeah, we've got to keep this up. <laughs> right. Um, real quickly, before we get started, this episode is being sponsored by Loot Crate, and we'll give you some more information about them a little later in the show. But we're recording this on May the 4th, which means it's Star Wars Day. Yay. Hooray. Star Wars Day. Yes, May the Fourth be with you. It won't be May the f- may, it won't be May the Fourth when you're listening. But I'm so happy we got to record on May the Fourth. I actually luckily got to record an episode of Girl Fight back in the day on May the Fourth too, which was pretty awesome. So yeah, um, was it actually May the Fourth then? Yes, yes. Like how long has May the Fourth been a thing? A long time, honestly. Oh right, you're you're new to the whole Star Wars thing, right, Steve? Correct. My Star Wars fandom is seven months old, maybe eight at this point. So. Uh, I have a question for you. How did you avoid Star Wars until like last year? Yeah. D- did I not talk about it on your podcast? I think Simone asked me. But anyway, um, I will absolutely tell you. So this is how it works. When I grew up, I was born in 1980. So for those of you doing the math, that means I am 35 years old, which means I was born after the first two movies came out. Right? Yes. 76 and 79. 77. So, 77 was the first one because it's technically the first movie I ever saw, but I was an infant. Okay, so I was off by a year. Yeah. (laughs) I was was definitely not alive then. So. Oh, yeah, sure. Rub it in. My parents did not. (laughs) What am I going to do? So. Um, am I the, I'm the, am I the youngest or the, I'm. You are the youngest on this podcast. Okay. Yes. By far. By far. (laughs) Well. I mean, From listen, me, not I could Nicole, never tell. <laughs> I could never tell. Um, so the so w- when I was younger, we number one lived in the sticks, so there was no like cable then. Mm. I mean, cable was hard to come by. Uh, but yeah. also, my parents were not huge into it, so we didn't have any of the tapes. So I never watched it, and so we we fast forward to. Um, when I was 13, I moved to a place where they had cable and we got cable and I like encounter there also the town where I was born or not born. I was born in Bangor, Maine, um, down the street from Stephen King. That's pretty um, awesome. Treated his house or you used to, I don't know if you can anymore. Lights are always on at Stephen King's house, by the way, because of course they are. Yeah. Um, cause would you want to walk around in the dark if you were him? Probably not. So, um, Anyway, so the town I grew up in, the average age was like 73. There were like two other kids. So I just had very limited exposure to it. And by the time I moved, I was 13, to a place where there was cable. That was 1993. That was hardcore into Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a time where you had to pick a side. Because it's not like now (laughs) where nerds can love everything and it's okay. Right. Um, because only like the bad nerds get really defensive. 
So then I had to pick a side. And so I picked, I picked, I was a Star Trek guy, right? You know, live long and prosper, all that nonsense. It was at the next generation's peak that I was really getting into nerd culture into to begin with. Mm. And so I decided at that point the Star Wars was stupid because I was a teenager and that's what you do. And so um, I was able to just by nature, and this is going to sound super arrogant, but I'm just going to say it. A lot of the people that I went to school with and encountered were not as smart as me. Um, that's more about them than about me. Trust me. So I, I could win arguments just by nature of the fact that, you know, I could, you know, I just won the argument. So it was not until Facebook happened and I started LARPing where I was exposed to a nerd community full of people far smarter than me who would call me on my crap. Uh, and they'd be like, dude, you can't say Star Wars is stupid if you've never seen it. At which point I was like, yeah, you're right. But at that point, it was so late. I was like, eh, I'll get around to it, whatever. Then they announced the new movies, and I realized that they were going to be coming out right around the same time as, um, well, they, I knew when they were coming out, right, 2016, mm -hmm. and I knew at that time I was going to have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old boy. Yeah. And I was like, they are going to be in the marketing lasers. <laughs> Right. Everything Star Wars is going to be fired at them, like coming at them hot. And I said, you know what? I got to I have to watch this. So May the 4th at this point, it was two years ago. Mm. I sat down and I watched all six of the original movies. I watched them one, two, three, four, five, six in a row. And at that point, I was like, OK, these are cool. I appreciate them for what they are. Mm -hmm. Right. Then we fast forward a little bit. And so eight months is probably like an exaggeration, but I really, I watched the first Force Awakens trailer that aired during Monday Night Football. So it's probably about a year ago. Mm. And I was like, I'm in 100 <laughs> percent all in. I thought it was amazing. I have always said this to everybody that talks to me. I am not a critical fan like I can be, but in general, if, if something excites me, I let it carry me. And some people are like, oh man, we got to think about the story. And what does this mean for that? And I'm like, no, seriously, robots, lasers, there's laser swords. That guy's got the force. I mean, what, what can we not, what's not to be excited about? So I was all in from there on out. Yeah. And so now I'm all in. Yeah. And so right. I don't know a lot. That's okay. Um, because I, I distinctly avoided it, but I, I've been known to learn a thing or two. And so I am very excited for Rogue One and I've read the, you know, I'm big on the current continuity, you know, mm -hmm. how like they removed the, what did they call that stuff? The expanded universe stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I'm paying attention to the stuff that they, they are adding in now. So I read Aftermath, that book mm -hmm. that was supposed to bridge. Um, and you know, so I'm, I'm absorbing the canon now. Okay. Hmm. So in like 10 years, I'm going to be like a, a grizzled old veteran. <laughs> but right now I'm a, I'm a fresh face. I'm a fresh faced rookie pilot, you know, just got in my X-wing. You know what I mean? Yes. I guess that makes. Yeah, I guess that makes me the grizzled old veteran. Um, it does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a star. In a lot of ways. I'm a Star Trek <laughs> person. Yeah, and, I know. Um, I, I have to play catch up on Star Wars, although I, I like Star Wars, too. But I, I'm just I know a lot more about Star Trek. Yeah, I was one of those oh, people that was on the other side where I loved Star Wars and I thought Star Trek was stupid. So that's yeah, well, that's where I was. <laughs> so. You know, and that's reasonable. Then you know what? You and I would have been like bitter enemies back then too. How crazy <laughs> exactly. is that? But but what's interesting is, as a Star Trek fan, I can totally accept. Let's be real. Star Trek is kind of stupid. <laughs> They're both kind of stupid. 
Come on. Like, shots fired. <laughs> but the reality is, like, I can appreciate how dumb some of it is. It's just, it's good despite that. And I think that some of that's the same case with uh, with Star Wars. Yes. I mean, I mean sci-fi to a degree is kind of dumb, but that's what the <laughs> best part of it is, right? Like, some of the best parts of these movies are some of their, you know, some of the dumber stuff. Yeah. But Absolutely. I appreciate them a great... I, I am able to appreciate Star Trek more now that I have, can appreciate both, you know? I'm more well-rounded, and now I get why everyone was talking to me about which one was better. Mm. Um, I'll never let, you know, the captains go, right? Like, I mean, there's the, that history with Star Trek and me. I'm never going to let that go. I'm a huge fan of that. Those were huge milestones in my life. And I remember watching the first episode of all those different shows, um, and I had, you know, me and Ben Sisko, we go way back, right? But, like, it's... Now I'm sh- what's interesting about Star Trek is I'm sh- or Star Wars rather. Oof, somebody's gonna tweet at me um, <laughs> for that one. But I- I'm experiencing Star Wars and and f- like fanning out with that with my kids, and I think that that is a different experience. Whereas mm. Star Trek was about me growing up and kind of learning from these different characters. Now I'm experiencing the Star Wars stuff with with children. Mm. And so as a result, I'm experiencing it like a kid. Yeah. And I think that that's a, it's a humbling experience to not be coming at them with like this huge amount of parental knowledge. It's not like playing Final Fantasy four with my son, right? Mm. Like I know everything. So it's like, hmm, hmm, hmm. You should watch this guy. Like he knows, he knew the Darth Vader stuff. He was watching it. It still impressed him. Yeah. You know, so it was very neat. Yeah. Star Wars was a huge part of my, my very early childhood. Um, I had a Wicked the Ewok lovey, which I still have. It's sitting in my living room in a box. I tried to give it to Anna, and she told me she didn't want it, which made me very sad. <laughs> so hopefully, she'll come around Oof. at one point. <laughs> yes, I'm like, look, mommy slept with this when, when she was your age. She's like, okay, whatever. I don't want it. I was like, okay, whatever. It looks like a big fuzzy teddy bear. I don't understand what there was not to love about it, but anyhow. <laughs> so so it's Star Wars Day. There's tons of Star Wars related news coming from the video game spectrum. Probably the biggest is that Respawn Entertainment, who are the developers of Titanfall, announced today that they're working on a Star Wars game, which is super, super cool. I am pretty- that's not even the biggest part of that. The biggest part, did you see who the game's director is? Yeah, yeah, former director of God of War. Yes. This is going to be awesome. Yes. Is it Stig? Asmussen? I forget his name. I I probably pronounced that. Something very Norse? Yeah, I probably (laughs) Um, pronounced that wrong. The guy who made God of War 2, I think. Yeah, I think he was director for 2 and 3, maybe. So his name's Stig Asmussen. Um, I think our listener, um, Matilda, she could write in and tell us how to how to pronounce that. Because uh, <laughs> so she, uh, she told Courtney at one point that um, her s- Swedish was very good. So, yeah, so we don't know much about this. Dig wrote a long blog post on the Respawn site. The only thing that it really said is that the game will be a third-person action-adventure game set in the Star Wars universe. That Sounds could good. mean... Pretty much anything. So yeah, it could be everything. Yeah. I, I would be. I'm super excited for this. Respawn is a great developer. It's been in development for two years, which pretty much means EA signed the deal and called Respawn and said, "Get five guys off of Titanfall. I want them working on Star Wars." 
great developer. You know, they're hiring now, so we probably won't see much about this. They're probably just hopping out of pre-production. But man, a third-person action game, I mean, considering the excitement over that canceled Star Wars 1313 game, mm-hmm. um, I would think that hopefully they would be smart and go the, you know, they, they could go like the bounty hunter route mm-hmm. and let us play as, if not one of the bounty hunters or the Bounty Hunter, <laughs> maybe let us play as a Bounty Hunter, uh, yeah. because I think that that gameplay loop of flying around and shooting aliens, it basically just, if they gave us Assassin's Creed in spaceships with dudes with laser guns, I and let you create your own male or female assassin, I mean, why not? Yeah. I'd play it. Yeah, because... It's super cool. I'd play the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. So, very much looking forward to that. So, Sony and Steam are ha- having pretty big sales on Star Wars games, existing Star Wars games in celebration. Sony's offering discounts on basically everything that is not... Oh, no, they do have a discount on Battlefront. I was going to say they have everything but not Battlefront, but they do have a discount on Battlefront. Pretty pretty decent discount, too. Uh, for PS4, it's 30 bucks, where wow. originally it's 60 bucks. So, yeah, it's like half price. And, so they, and they've got a lot of kind of other stuff, too. They have themes on sale and lots of uh, Zen Pinball 2 pinball boards. So... If you want to buy those, but yeah, and then for uh, for PS3, they've got some of the um, Force Unleashed too. Um, I played the first Force Unleashed a long time ago. I didn't finish it. I don't remember much about it, but I think I thought it was kind of cool, and I just didn't have time to finish it. Did you play it, mm-hmm. Steven? Uh, no. I outside of the fact that I just said how excited I was to play as a bounty hunter, I generally don't play as bad guys in games, mm. and so the Force Unleashed being legit like Darth Vader's. Uh, apprentice yeah. i was like nah yeah no i get that i get that totally cool yeah and so on steam steam has a has tons of stuff on sale too so my only issue with steam looking at steam uh-huh. is that by the time you're reading this many of those sales will be done as that is as steam is a one day sale mm. however um not only is there are there a number of sales on the playstation store that are good and thrill may 10th which would be Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also a number of sales on Xbox uh, on Xbox Live. Those sales being good for. Um, let's see here. You know, it doesn't actually say how long those deals are good for. Yeah. So it's very possible those might be down. However, normally uh, Microsoft does their sales for about a week. Also, there are sales on goodoldgames.com. That's G-O-G.com. And those sales are good for the next four days starting on Wednesday. So that would be until Sunday night. Yeah. Um, If Basically, the moral of the story is if there's an old Star Wars game that you wanted, but we're like, eh, I'll wait until it's on sale. Seriously, it's on sale now. It's on sale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So find a thing that... Is uh, that is a thing that is that you own that plays games, and there's probably a deal on it. Yeah. Um, except Nintendo, but Nintendo doesn't really have a lot of Star Wars games. Yeah. Also, Force Un- speaking of Force, Unle- Force Unleashed, Star Wars: The Force Unleashed One and Two are now both backwards compatible on right. Xbox One starting today. Yes. Little stunt marketing there. Yes. Well done, guys. <laughs> hey, everybody! Everybody is using the day to to do their their marketing thing. So, um, why not? Yeah, I know exactly why not. So, that's a good segue. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> I just want to say quickly, um, Eric Watson wrote the story about Steam. He said the sale ends on May 9th. So if you're listening to this, try to check out Steam and see if the, the sale is still on. But there's a lot in there, like... Uh, Nice. Oh, I, be- I mean, if he said if he said it, I believe him. Okay, cool. He must have done more research than I did. Yeah. I'm just used to Steam killing their sales in one day. Yes. But if it's until the ninth, that, that makes total sense to me. I, I would b- listen to Eric Watson over me. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Um, all right. Yeah, so as mentioned at the top of the show, uh, this episode is being sponsored by Loot Crate. If you don't know what Loot Crate is, it's a monthly subscription service where you get a box of stuff uh, delivered to your home. It's got absolutely a t-shirt and a pin every month, and then there's some other random tchotchke type things that are thrown in. Um, so, so yeah, so this month's Loot Crate is called Power, Unstoppable, Unrelenting, and Unbeatable. And it's made because uh, we've got lots of blockbuster superhero-ish type movies coming out. So this month's box includes things from Warcraft, the Marvel Universe, and Dragon Ball Z. And you have until May 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific time to subscribe and get this box sent to you. And if you go to lootcrate.com slash gaming with the moms and then enter gaming with the moms, all one word, no spaces at checkout, you can get three bucks off of your subscription. So, cool. yeah, I did that. You, I'm you did it forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting my loot crate. I have a awesome. question. Yeah. What do you think about re-gifting all that nerdy merchandise to your family members? I think it's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It wasn't so much regifted from me as it was straight up stolen. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a form of regifting, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, I, I, for you, knowing that you have grown children and et cetera, you know, you have yeah. like family near you. I think the idea of the box coming in. You like take the whatever you want, if you want anything, and just distribute it. Like I think that that would make you. Uh, I I think that would definitely make you friends among your family. Right. Um. So yeah. I I mean there's there's there is very clearly in Loot Crate like a couple of premier items, and then after that it's you know a postcard, a button, you know stuff like that. So there's not that much to spread around. Yeah. So if you're expecting to get like ten things. Um, you know, that's not how it works, but I mean, you're guaranteed a t-shirt, you're yeah. guaranteed a button and the buttons look really cool. If you put them on like a collection, I have a little, uh, like a board here that cool. I take all the buttons that I get from conventions. Um, cool. I put on there. So eventually it'll look cool. I think that's something that would be neat yeah. just because they always capture the theme. But I mean, the thing you're going to have a hard time splitting it up evenly. I, I have a, such a big family and they're all so nerdy that I figure <laughs> everyone's going to want something that's in the loot crate, right? Yeah. Well, you're definitely not going to have garbage. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think that you'll ever run into a month where someone wouldn't take it at least yeah. as a piece of interest. I mean, it, the, the t-shirt and the pin will go literally every time. I mean, I did the Transformers one and I got a t-shirt, a button. I got um, like a vinyl figure uh, that was Prowl, by the way. I was very excited about that. <laughs> um, not my favorite Transformer. My favorite Transformer is Jazz. However, Prowl is in the top five. Um, so I was very happy. And then, um, you know, like a, an air freshener and, um, like a, like a, a, a br- like, <laughs> oh, it was pretty cool. It was a deceptive. 
It was a Decepticon one, though. I was down. I was oh, not happy with that, okay. because I don't play as bad guys. But I gave it to somebody. <laughs> but I mean, so there were like I think there were like seven things in the box, and I mean, oh, so I'm excited. You will find someone to take everything. Yeah. Some of it's small, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, but you, you'll. I think that you would enjoy it. I mean, you're gonna get one, so you may as well mess around with it. Well, yeah. my son probably wouldn't want me to say this, but he was a huge Dragon Ball Z fan when he was a kid. Mm. I mean, everything Dragon Ball Z. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that item yes. is in there. Yeah. Yeah. How about that Warcraft movie, though? I'm pretty excited. I know. It looks pretty, pretty cool. excited. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, I, I, It just feels like it's too late. That's my only mm. issue. Yeah. Um, because... World of Warcraft is is fading. I mean, there's still six million ish subscribers. So yeah. I mean, how faded is that? If every single one of those people goes to see the movie, that'll I mean, it's gonna make a lot. But it's it's just like five years too late. Could you imagine when when World of Warcraft would have, was at its peak, like eleven million subscribers, twelve million subscribers? Yeah, they owned the world. If they put out this movie back then, yeah, even if it was bad, it still would have made gangbusters. Yeah. I think there's going to be a big nostalgia factor, though, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't play now, but I'm still going to go see the movie. Yeah, I, I, still play. Uh, yeah. yeah. I never played at all. And I still want to go see the yeah. movie. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that uh, so I agree. And, and I think it's going to be awesome. I'm actually really looking forward to it for from a story, you know, a story perspective. And I think that there that it looks like a cool action movie, even if you don't ignore the IP. I just feel like. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I could be wrong. With that said, Ratchet and Clank was a had a big nostalgia factor too, and it bombed. Uh, Has it bombed? Are you sure? I don't know. It it made five million dollars in its opening weekend. Mm. Um, for uh, for comparison's sake, Zootopia, um, which admittedly is in a different world, but whatever. Zootopia during week eight made four point three. I, I I mean, it's gonna make its money back. Its budget was about twenty million, so yeah. it's it's gonna make money. Um, so it's not like it's gonna damage the brand, but I mean, you know, yeah, it it's another example of a movie that is ten years too late. Because a Ratchet and Clank movie during the Ratchet and Clank Prime would have killed it. Yeah, and now it's like meh. Well, what you know what? I don't know. The most recent game has sold more than any other game in the series, which is. Which is awesome. Wow, yes, and amazing. we went. We actually we went and saw Ratchet and Clank over the weekend because okay. I was you know I was scared my daughter was gonna be scared of it or whatever. I showed her the trailer on my phone and she was like into it. She thought let, let it look cool, so we went. She was fine, which was awesome. The movie is basically all the cutscenes from the game strung together with some extra stuff thrown in. So oh wow yeah N- not a great movie then. No, it was fun. I thought it was cool. I mean, I love the story of the game, though, but that's basically what it is. And the funny thing is, before the movie started, they had like a commercial, an ad for the game that came up, and they just totally made fun of themselves. It's like, this is the game based on the movie, based on the game, (laughs) which, you know, I can appreciate that when people make fun of themselves. But no, I liked it. I I thought it was cool. I'm a huge Ratchet and Clank fan, though, so, you know, I'm I'm a little biased, but... Well, yeah. as we know, sometimes the movies of games are not very good. Yes. So, sometimes? <laughs> Lots of Most times. Of the that, time. is, that appears generous. <laughs> yes. I was yes. generous. Right. Not well, that's, too negative. That's very nice of you, Linda. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the other reason why I'm thinking like maybe it not making such a, a huge profit at the movie theater is that a lot of the content was just reused, like straight cutscenes from the game. So like that was that, you know, that had two uses when it was being um, made. And so like the movie probably wasn't as expensive to make as, you know, our straight up uh, animated film because, you know, you're not using the the assets somewhere else. So mm-hmm. Anyhow, I liked it. I thought it was cool. If you like Ratchet and Glank, go see it. Um, so, yeah. Cool. But, yeah, no, Anna was fine. I was scared about that. Especially, like, you know, the characters are all silly and goofy. But, like, I'm trying to look at things through her eyes. And Dr. Nefarious, who is the bad guy, I was th- I was worried that, that she was going to be a little scared of him. But she wasn't, which is cool. Because he's got this, like, cre- creepy voice. And he likes to scream that people should be annihilated all the time. <laughs> so, but. But yeah, mm. she was fine. That was cool. It's um, really hard to predict, isn't it? It is. What they're going to be scared of. Yeah. Yeah. I was it, always surprised. Yeah. She loved Inside Out. She she got a little scared at like, there's one of the scenes where like joy and sadness, they're like running past one of the islands as the land is like crumbling beneath them. And that upset her a little bit, I think just because like it's got all the intense music and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, but she loved Inside Out until she had a bad dream um, about mm-hmm. me, actually. She had a bad dream that I got mad and then there was fire coming out of my chin. And it, oh, it, yeah, I know. It really, really scared her. She has not wanted to watch the movie since. I was like, wow. Yeah, she yeah. was so upset, like, like upset, like woke up in the middle of the night crying and I came in and she said something about fire coming out of my chin. And I was like, what? Like, I, I don't get this, you know. But yeah, so that's what happened. Um, did you did you tell her that that can't possibly be part of Inside Out because the fire came out of the top of his head? I did. Not. Did you not want to go there? <laughs> no, I didn't want to go there. <laughs> She's four, you know, I don't think that type of reasoning would quite uh, lessen uh, the scariness of her dream at that point. So I guess that's reasonable. So she wasn't scared at Ratchet and Clank. I I was just wondering, Stephen, if your kids were scared of Star Wars or what they're scared of. Do you know? Um, well, we have three very diverse ages. Um, Megan was bored by Star Wars. Uh, Um, Her big issue is, so she has a, so she did not know Darth Vader was a bad guy Uh up until very recently. Because, (laughs) so she, um, she, uh, like, you know, she's used to all of the characters that she is exposed to. And this is something that my wife and I never really thought about is that everything that kids see is the person that is heavily marketed. Mm. Like if you're on the cover, you're the, you're the good guy. Yeah. So she sees Darth Vader. She doesn't realize that you can actually like, like the bad guy. Mm. Um, and so she actually has a Darth Vader stuffy that she got at (laughs) Build-A-Bear that she calls Darth Meggie. (laughs) <laughs> that's the characters. So nice. when she sees Darth Vader, she's like, oh my gosh, that's Darth Maggie. That's me. <laughs> and then she saw him straight up kill a guy. And she was like, wait, so he's not a good guy? Aww. And so she was like, all right, well, then I never mind with this. Uh, and I'm like, you know, so I guess she, you know, it, it you got to see him when he's a little boy, I guess. At this point, <laughs> he's a good guy. I don't know. Um, that's complicated. Yeah. So she, um, so she was more bored with it. Our middle son struggles sometimes with intense action scenes. Mm. He's, you know, like the Chitari that attacked New York in Avengers mm. really freaked him mm. out. Like, And I think that was by design because uh, they're really creepy. They Evan were. really isn't 
afraid of action stuff now um but he's 10 so i think he would be more um af- I-, I think he's at the point now where he's just going to be afraid of like regular old scary stuff mm. jump scares and the like so it's very different what it, that's what makes it tough is that evan and jake both want to do the same stuff and the little guy will you know try and toughen up to be there with his brother but mm. he might not be able mm. to hang mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah we we haven't shown the movies to anna well, my husband and I mean, I agree with him, but he is super adamant that she will not see the movies until we have the original unaltered versions, which I hope happens at some point. We actually did, <laughs> um, you know, uh, people, I forget who it was that posted the unaltered New Hope online for like five minutes and uh, Isaac got it. He downloaded it during that time, which was pretty cool. So we were able to watch that. Um, but hopefully, you know. The other two will come soon. I mean, Disney, they have to be thinking about it. Like, that would sell, like, unbelievable numbers. Like, <laughs> like I just, I, I can't even fathom how much money that they would make off of that thing. So, hmm. hopefully they will do um, it. How about, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> the, 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 I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm all in. Yeah. I don't know how, that's, that's beyond me. The idea, like, I... I don't know, man. I watched the version that my kids watched is the one where um, Han Solo shot the guy. Yes. So I know I watched the correct version. Yes. I don't know, everybody all freaking out about Han shot first. Blah 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 blah. Steven, but, shut up! Shut up! Don't go there. <laughs> Do not go. But there. no, no, I can absolutely imagine it be like freaked out. I mean, that's a that's different than like adding extra scenes or like cleaning up some of yes. the stuff. Like I'm willing fire blah 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 only because there are some people that like will die for that scene and it's a little bit much. Okay. It's a yeah. little bit much. Okay, now yes. fire's like, coming out of her chin, Steven. You have to stop. Fire is definitely coming out of her chin because I well, I, you know what? At least I didn't say I didn't care. Right. It's just that some of the stuff that comes out of the internet uh, I mean, I know, hard to believe. People right. get angry on the internet. Yeah. It's just some of it's a little weird. I don't know. Yeah. Right. No, You're the right. whole Han shot first though thing is like that's a huge character defining moment. And I think, you know, you can't think of him in the same way if he was just doing it in self-defense it's like no he was you i know. completely agree yeah I, I, keep in mind this whole like big thing happened before i had even seen the movie so i didn't have any context yeah and i honestly when i watched them the first time i had no idea what version i was watching so mm-hmm. like what was interesting is i wanted i saw that scene legitimately not knowing ah uh-huh. who was gonna shoot yeah so like it was i had like that extra layer of excitement <laughs> right <laughs> Because I didn't know if I was watching the right movie or not. Because the way y'all made a sound, it was like it was a completely different film. And it's arguably different. But like, you know. Yeah. I can just pretend. I dress up like an elf in the woods. So even if I watch the wrong one, I could be like, well, in my world, I'll just pretend like he shot that guy. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So more Star Wars game news. Uh Warner Brothers released a new trailer for Lego Star Wars, The Force Unleashed today, which actually shows us a little bit of these uh, the extra story that they're having in the game. They're going to have storylines that are not in the movies, basically have been seen nowhere else. Looks kind of cool. I'm disappointed that it has VO. 
um, because I thought that that was one of the things that made Lego Marvel Avengers bad was that they had the VO. Um, because, like, you know, Lego's supposed to be all lighthearted and cool and funny, and I'm sorry, but Captain America is not lighthearted or funny. There's just there's just no way that you can do that. <laughs> so maybe this one will be different because, you know, these characters, like, you know, Harrison Ford is funny, you know, as Han Solo. So maybe it'll be different, but... I'm still skeptical, but they do have everybody doing the voices. It's Harrison Ford, it's Carrie Fisher, everybody who oh. plays, yeah, who plays the parts in the movie, they're doing the voices in the game. So That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That must have been expensive. Mm. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, they've been, um, I think games have been doing stuff like that now, whereas like if an actor signs on to do a movie, that's just part of their contract. Because um, with the Game of Thrones, uh omg by the way i'll get back to that later uh, the game, the <laughs> yeah <game> of- <laughs> omg <laughs> uh yeah. with the game of the game of thrones game uh for telltale has all the all the real cast doing all the voices there so i think that that's a pretty standard thing these days yeah yeah because so. you include standard contracts with for harrison ford yeah i know <laughs> but still you know i don't know who knows I, i'm just saying uh, i don't I'm just throwing stuff out there. (laughs) Podcasting isn't about knowing stuff, right? It's about just saying words. Saying words. That may or may not be wrong. We don't care. Whatever. (laughs) Um, So, uh, other... This is super cool Star Wars news. I am so excited about this. If you've listened to (laughs) me talk about this on the podcast before, I've talked about it a couple times in relation to AR and VR, is that someone is actually going to make the uh, game similar to the one that um, R2-D2 plays against Chewbacca in A New Hope. And I was so, so excited to see this. Uh, I just cannot say enough good things about it. It's on Kickstarter right now, so it's not definitely happening. But the monsters are being designed by the same guy who designed monsters for the movies, which is super, super cool. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it it's got a physical... Very cool. It's got a physical component as well as the kind of digital component. Right now, they're develop- developing it for mobile platforms, and then there's going to have like the board that you buy. So, Stephen, go ahead and break my heart and tell me how unfeasible this is from a board game standpoint. Oh, I'm all in on this, man. I'm not going to break your heart. <laughs> I think this is perfectly fine. Okay. You know what? Um, we know AR cards work yeah. because the 3DS had them. Mm-hmm. So... I am not worried about it, and okay. at the end of the day, it's a tactical miniatures game. Um, right. So, no, I, I think it'll be legit. Here are the challenges. It's got a collectible card game element, mm-hmm. which always fails. It never works. You just, it's, that, that's not going to work. Um, so, I think that is a challenge that they're going to have to deal with, but other than that, I... No, I, I don't think that this is uh, I don't think that this is going to have any more challenges than otherwise. I mean, from a technical perspective, it's fine. Yeah. It's just a matter of one: is the game good? Two: does it work? Yeah. Which I'm assuming it does. And three: are, do will enough people get into it so that it's more than a niche thing? Right. That said, um, CCGs that are failed. Um, that doesn't mean that the game is bad. So, you know, buy up your box, have your cards, and just that's your board game. Yeah. So, um, and there are plenty of people who will buy, you know, there's a Marvel versus card game from back in the day. Mm. There are plenty of people that have their couple of cases and that's just all they own. Yeah. And maybe they'll buy a singleton off of eBay every once in a while because it's a superhero they like. And you just play it. Yeah. You know, there, there's a Sailor Moon CCG that failed. 
but I know people that play those games. There's mm-hmm. a, you know, Gundam Wing one, you know. Yeah. So I I have no problem with this. I think it's neat. Um, I may or may not be interviewing uh, the man behind the game for Engage, a family, podca- family gaming podcast at oh. some point within the next couple of weeks. Cool. That's um, cool. If I can land that interview, um, I will uh, be Steven, sure to let you know. Stephen is crossing his fingers for those of you listening and who can't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bad radio. I double cross fingers because I was like, oh man, <laughs> yeah. that would be kind of neat. All right. So they sent out a PR blast today, which is the only way that I learned about it. I actually think that they just launched their Kickstarter today, and that's probably that why they correct. did it. Um, so, but yeah, like, you know, probably. Not terribly ethical, but like they're said in their press release, there's like, sign up so we have your information. We're going to send you something really cool in the mail. So I was like, okay, sign up. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Wait. How is it unethical to sign up for for a thing? How is it unethical to sign up for a free thing that they're going to give you? Well, supposedly it could influence my coverage of said game. Yeah. No, it's damn well going to influence your coverage of said game. <laughs> you just, um, just disclose it, Nicole. Yes, yes. Totally I mean, I know. Wait, It'll hold on. Cool. I understand. It is all about ethics and games journalism. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I it, it absolutely will influence our coverage. And I say this fully. I would likely not have covered it at all had they not reached out to me. And now I'm excited mm-hmm. and I might get a thing that I can give to my kids. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's part of the thing. And I go to test games and they buy me coffee and donuts and that <laughs> might influence my coverage. And you know what? If they, if it would make people feel better, um, I will put an F a, an FCC disclosure on all of my stuff that I signed up for a thing so they could send me a free thing. But I mean, <laughs> Whatever they give us the game sometimes, like yeah, like you know, yes. that that very idea. I understand what you're getting at, yeah. But no, I think it's totally appropriate. You sign up for the thing because you know what? This is a physical object. Yeah, I want to. Maybe they're going to send us like a demo card that might be kind of neat. Yeah, that would be cool. Then we will have some idea what the hell they're talking about because the reality is, I saw some videos of the game. I saw the Kickstarter. I have no idea how this thing's going to work mm. from a practical level. I'm excited about it, and I don't think that there are any real problems, mm. right? Like, I'm not worried about it, quote-unquote. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to survive. I mean, this isn't going to be... I, I don't think this is going to be around five years from now. Mm. But people who like this guy and who want to relive that, like, hollow table experience, you're going to be able to buy it. You're going to be able to buy a bunch of packs and play with it. And, you know, mm. they're just not going to be making new sets in 2020. Right. Yeah. Right. That's yes. Okay. Or I'll be wrong. Yeah. But well, yeah. I think when when Hololens comes out, somebody else is probably going to make something and maybe do it better. Well, I guess I guess it would depend on how successful this is. Like, if it's fairly successful, obviously you're going to have people that are going to, you know, not clone it, but you know what I mean. Like, make things that are similar to it in trying to be successful themselves. So. Sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I'm excited about it. Should be cool. Next bit of news. So we already talked about that uh, Nintendo is only showing Legend of Zelda on the show floor E3. We expect them to do a digital event like they always do. And we don't know exactly what they'll be talking about. I'm sure it will be Zelda, but they could talk about other stuff. We don't know. So Microsoft has now announced this week what their plans are for E3. And... They've gotten really cool in recent years in that you don't have to go to E3 to really get anything from Microsoft anymore. 
So they will be streaming uh, their media briefing, which happens on Monday, June 13th at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time. You can look at that on via the internet, their website, or you can stream it from your 360 or your Xbox One through the, uh, the live events app. And then they're also going to do their live at E3 show on June 14th and 15th, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday at 4 p.m. And then uh, that's again through the um, through the live event app. And then they're doing a special stuff on Twitch this year through the Twitch app on Xbox One. In that they're just going to be like online like all day, showing demos and uh, developer interviews and all that kind of stuff. So the 14th noon to 4 p.m. Pacific, the 15th 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific, and June 16th 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific. So honestly, I don't think you even need to go to E3. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going. So, um, although I yeah. did get invited to their press conference, which I totally was not expecting. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of yeah. Oh, Stephen, <laughs> I'm sorry that you didn't get invited to the press conference. I'm assuming that's why you're making that face. <laughs> I'm just sad. I mean, you know, it's it's you know, and that's okay. It's okay. Um, I just am, you know. I'm like, hey, you know, here I am desperately uh, scratching and clawing to get there. And we've got somebody with an invite who's like, meh, I'm just going to watch it on TV. Now, <laughs> it's old hat for you because you're a grizzled veteran. Yes. I get that. Grizzled. Um, nice. So grizzled veteran. <laughs> that is um, nice. So I I am I am just just I, I'm just a little jealous. That's all. Yeah. Just a little green. <laughs> That's okay. And it's okay. <laughs> Honestly, though, um, because from a, yeah, no, from a coverage perspective, it's better to sit and watch it from home because yeah. you don't have to sit there in the crowd with your laptop, like, you know, being bombarded by the next trailer while you're still trying to write something about the one that just played. And um, I've actually only been to the Xbox media briefing once. Although it was like the best year for me to go to that because that's the one where they gave everybody a 360 elite that went to the, <laughs> to, oh, wow. to, yeah, to the, um, to the press conference. So, so yeah, I, I picked a good year for that. Mm -hmm. one. Um, but yeah, so besides all this, you know, cool stuff that you can watch at home, uh, Microsoft, they're also doing Xbox Fan Fest which is something that they've done. I know they did it last year. They may have done it the year before, but it basically 500 people get to go sit in the media briefing, do some other cool stuff with Xbox people at E3. Um, they've got a fact up on their site about like, hey, Xbox Fan Fest. And unfortunately, all of the answers are like, we'll reveal more details soon. Like when do mm -hmm. tickets go on sale? We'll reveal more details soon. Mm -hmm. Do people get access to E3? We'll reveal more details soon. But anyhow, so you can go to that site and uh, you probably have to visit it quite often because that's probably where you're going to learn that the tickets are on sale and there are only 500 of them. So hmm. they will go super fast. So other news here. So there's a new Call of Duty got announced. Uh, Infinite Warfare. I don't play Call of Duty. Linda doesn't play Call of Duty. Steven doesn't play Call of Duty either, but he is somehow excited for this Call of Duty. Steven? <laughs> you yeah. said duty. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that since the announcement trailer came out. I was like, we're going to talk about this, and I get to say you said duty. Um, oh, man, that was the best. Um, okay, so yes. I am. 
And so, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be totally real here. I don't really know why. Um, I have watched every trailer for every Call of Duty that has come out for the last, you know, seven years. I've been writing about games, mm-hmm. right, in one form or another. And I've watched every trailer because, you know, I mean, I, and I've watched every media briefing because, you know, it shows up at you know, either Sony or Microsoft. Yeah. And, and I have always been like, wow, this is a technically marvelous game. I've played some of them. You know, I bought them after the fact and I've been like, wow, these are great experiences. Not for me. Mm. Never. I've always been interested, but I have never been excited before. Mm. Something about the game being set in the far future um, and really grabbed me in a way that I just didn't think it would Mm. um, is um, far future, but different from Halo, which is like a hard, which is almost what I would call like a, it's not sci-fi. It's like a science. It's like a science fantasy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas this looks like hard sci-fi, you know, which is, it's a different genre, um, you know, because it's not aliens. It's a very human conflict. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I am interested to see, and it's not very often that you see that, mm. where you mm. see a conflict about people yeah. that is set in the vastness of space. So I think that that will make it interesting. Um, I also am really excited to finally play. I, I like the idea of playing a Call of Duty multiplayer mode mm. um, where you're flying spaceships. Yeah. Um, which looks like that might be a thing. So I am just really excited about it also. Um, and this is the piece that really has me going is that their story team is basically ripped right from Naughty Dog. Mm. Uh, because in the last year or so, Infinity Ward, do you get it? It's Infinity Ward. They're yes. making Infinite Warfare. Yes, <laughs> yes, I get it. Uh, uh, anyway. Uh, to- um, Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider game director ha- went to Infinity Ward, too. So there's another yeah, so good story they person. They have, like, real chops yeah. um, making this game. So this is not... I, I, I have a feeling that at least this has the potential to not just be schlock. Yeah. Um, and so I am really excited about it. I also think what's interesting is if we look at all the different shooters that are coming out this year um, and it, it, like, you know, we have this game, um, you know, we have the new Call of Duty. We have we're going to find out Battlefield the day this podcast goes live because mm-hmm. the new Battlefield is going to be announced on Friday. Yeah. Um, and rumors are that's going to be World War One. Mm-hmm. So a World War One Battlefield game and this game in the far future, like hard sci fi. And we've got Battleborn and we've got Overwatch mm-hmm. and Doom, all in the and Battlefront still getting content, all in the same like 365 day period. Mm. Um, we have all of these different shooters that are all very different tonally and thematically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's awesome. Um, and I'm very excited for it. Cool, very cool. <laughs> I have one thing to say about Call of Duty. Yeah, and that is that I tried to play Call of Duty a couple of years ago, um, and it was when it was very realistic and set in the Middle East. I don't know which game right. that was. Probably Modern Warfare. Yeah, probably I'm Modern guessing. Warfare. I think that was it. And I got so freaked out. And, I, you know, I play Assassin's Creed and stuff, but yeah. in the training part, my heart started to beat so hard, and I was like, I just couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do yeah. it. It was too realistic for me. The guy yeah. on the radio telling me to, you know, oh, yeah. Man, yeah, I hard. mean, well, 
well, you know, the U.S. military has used the game to help yeah. recruit and train people a little bit. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to train people to get ready to go off to war, I guess that that's that, that's the way it needs to be. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yes. I'm, yeah. I, no, no. I like the space space setting better. I think that would be more fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, so let's transition into what we've been playing. Steven, why don't you get us started off? I have been outside of Hearthstone, which we've talked plenty about, and we will talk more about in the future, Nicole. Okay. Because um, I'm holding you to that. Okay. Um, to those of you who want who are wondering what I'm talking about, you're going to have to listen to Engage a Family Gaming Podcast and find <laughs> out. That's episode 38. Uh, spoilers. Um, so... Um, outside of Hearthstone, which I am enjoying now that I understand it, etc., I finally downloaded and started playing One Sunset Overdrive. No, oh. as you predicted, uh, it is stellar. Yes. Um, the traversal is the best part of the game. Mm -hmm. Forget about shooting aliens. Uh, one thing that is worth noting, and we talked about how it is kind of gross, and there's a lot of cussing. If you are okay with replacing said cussing with beeps. Right, right. You can go into the menus and turn off the language and turn off the gore, um, at which point it is not nearly as entertaining. <laughs> However, it is playable around older kids um, by nature of the fact that it's not, you know, it's just cartoony stupid. Right. Um, so that is an option. Yes. Um, I totally yeah. forgot so, about that. <laughs> But, well, I didn't even know it was a thing until it, it straight up told me. Um, <laughs> this is very clearly um, Deadpool meets Ratchet and Clank. Yep. And I, you know, breaking the fourth wall and, you know, it's insanity. Uh, very good. Um, this is a very underappreciated and underrated game. Um, it sold I very agree. poorly for how good it is. I say this, the month of April is over, so getting it for free for Xbox Live users. Um, if you buy an Xbox One later on this year or next year, do yourself a favor and buy Sunset Overdrive. It's going to get cheaper. It's going to, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. It's under $20 now, I think. Um, buy this game. You will enjoy yourself. I mean, as long if you like Ratchet & Clank, yeah. buy it. Yeah. Um, because it really is just a grown-up version of Ratchet & Clank with better movement mm. and just verticality. And I really... I, I have put, I think, about five hours in and have really enjoyed it. I, I'll be honest, I'm, I don't know when I'm going to be able to put more time into it, mm. but the hours that I have spent were all, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it was, I, I think it's going to be a great game to just pick up and play when I have a moment. Mm. Um, that is when I am not playing Overwatch, <laughs> um, because I suspect that as soon as Overwatch is a thing, um, I don't know if I'll be playing much else, because man, this game, it's got, it, I, I'm hungry for Overwatch. Yes. Real, really hungry. Real quickly on Sunset Overdrive, have you gotten to the part with the LARPers? No. Oh. I have not. You got to get at least there. I just, I would love to I, hear I what you think of that. I will eventually. I will. I, yeah. Uh, my, <laughs> my guess is that I might be a little offended, but then again, I'm not really offended by much. Right. Um, anyone that knows me knows that I'm, you know, things don't really bother me. Um, but I'm sure it is not a respectful and nuanced opinion of those who LARP. I'm no. sure it's pretty over the top. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's kind of like role models. Right. Yes. Uh, so, Linda, how about you? Uh, 
my family played our role-playing game. And the reason I mentioned that is that I brought up a Star Trek episode during our, you know, during our gathering there. And it was the Star Trek episode in Next Generation where Captain Picard is trying to talk to the people and they, they can't understand each other. And it turns out that it's because the other people are speaking in cultural references or mm. literary so references. So Dalak and Jalag at Tanagra? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> so I said that. I was explaining that to my family. And one of my family members, Isaac Meyer, started spouting words of this language, just like you just did to me. And I was like, yeah. okay, how nerdy is that? Chaco, yeah. Chaco when the walls fell down? Yeah. Um, do, do, do these words mean anything to you, Nicole? <laughs> no. Like, she, if I say Dalek and Talag and no, any of that? Nope. She has no, not at all. So, yeah. My husband's you, a huge so, Next Generation fan, but, like... Yeah. Oh, uh, he, he would say it if, yes. it, like... He would know what you're talking it, about. That's for yeah. sure. It's it's a very interesting episode. In, in and I actually I thought say it was, this yeah. outside of the context of Star Trek. What's interesting about it is that it really is about communication and breaking down barriers yeah. of communication, like learning to communicate with someone else. Mm. And because you know we all know Star Trek, they have universal translator, right. so. Um, you know, they can speak to each other, but in this case, the universal translator only worked halfway and they still had to bring themselves the other way, mm. uh, the rest of the way. And I think that that was in itself a very good metaphor for communication. Like, honestly, I mean this without even joking. If I were a college professor teaching a communications class, that would likely be one of my first lessons is watching that episode, mm. partially because I would want to try and shoehorn Star Trek into a college class. But the other piece... <laughs> Because I think that yeah. that's important, right? The ability to communicate between two people, maybe in anthropology class too, like the values of the person that you are talking to are important mm -hmm. when figuring out what they're saying. And in that language, that's all it is. So they're just talking about historical events, et cetera. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, Dalek and Talag and or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Then I, I also played Heroes of the Storm with my son. Ooh. It was uh -huh. very sweet about it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I kept dying a lot. And were you feeding? You were feeding the other team, weren't you? Um, actually, we're playing with real people, but against bots right now. Because he won't let me take the training wheels off yet. Because he <laughs> doesn't want to be embarrassed. Talk about being embarrassed. Um, so, But he told me I should download this hero named Muradin. Because, you know, he's hard to kill. He's a tank. Mm. And that... He just texted me and said, I just played a few games as that hero that was healing you yesterday. I'm pretty sure that if I play her and you play Muradin, you will never die. So <laughs> nice. I think I'm all set now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Very cool. That's, that's like not how that works. <laughs> Having played healers in various games, um, that's not a thing. You can't. Yeah. But hey. I'm glad that he. I'm glad he's willing to give it a shot. Um, yeah. And anytime a person has an opportunity to play as a dual wielding angry dwarf, I'm going to support it. Yeah, that's what I'll <laughs> wholeheartedly doing. play as Muradin. If you go to uh, icyveins.com, there actually is a Muradin build guide that talks about different skills and how to level yourself up, so you can learn how to play the character a little bit better. Yeah, we'll um, do that. Yeah, cool. Is that it, Linda? All right, so I played some more Ratchet and Clank, but what is cool about it this time is I was playing with my daughter, 
Um, and once he saw the movie, I was like, hey, this is a game. You want to play the game? And she's like, yeah. And so I did most of the playing until we got to um, Novalis, the planet Novalis. It's kind of early in the game. And there's like an, an area that is inside a cave with like water running down it. And part of the thing that you do is like you jump in the water and you slide all the way down this thing back to your ship. So she's like, water. Hey, there's water. Where can we go swimming? And there is an entire world where you know it's islands where there's lots and lots of water but it's it's much later in the game so i just had to try to find places where there was water for her to play around in but unfortunately they were very small areas and you know i had to make sure that uh, you know in ratchet like they have all these cool gadgets and one of them like will suck water out of an area and then you can hook it up to a thing and push it back into another area so i had to make sure i would suck out all the water and kill the large eating fish before she cut in the water to play but but no she was having a good time it was great. great yeah i was super That's excited fun. about that and then obviously i've been playing hearthstone i am completely sick of Cthune already which is kind of sad actually yeah. but the, the the meta will adjust yes he's it's- the new big exciting thing the meta will adjust because um eventually people are going to realize that he's not you know he's not completely undefeatable um yeah. and if they don't and it warps the meta that much blizzard will just nerf him um yeah. so i mean you get a free legendary you're going to use him i right. haven't because i don't have enough supporting cards but i can say this for certain as someone who has played ccgs and watched the early part of a standard format this is relatively new for you mm-hmm. and i mean this not in a patronizing way don't worry <laughs> you get er, er, the early strats are always very obviously telegraphed based on like the big premier cards in the set mm-hmm. and historically skilled deck builders build around that and counter that because mm-hmm. there's something hidden and you know there are hidden synergies or good values, etc. And eventually you're like, wow, I can't play this guy anymore because I'm losing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just tough it out. Yeah, it's, it sucks. Yes. I, I've been punched in the face by elder gods a lot in the last handful of days, but I know it's the same thing. I got punched in the face with squadron hawks a lot back in the day in Magic. Yeah, and I'm gonna get punched in the face this format with a bunch. You know, it's the same yeah. stuff. Yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. I've I've actually, I I found kind of a strategy myself that's been working pretty well. I play Paladin uh, with a a Murloc deck. And so there's a 10 mana card called Anything Can Happen. I didn't say that wrong. It's Anything Can Happen. It Mm -hmm. just summons, it fills your board with Murlocs that have died during the game. And if I can get those Murlocs out there right away at turn 10, even if they play Cthune, I have so many minions out on the board that it sucks up all of his damage and then I can still beat them, which is pretty cool. So yeah, I built half of a uh, Paladin uh, based Murloc deck with whatever Murlocs I had randomly met. That is a strong strat. Yes. Um, I don't have all the good stuff, um, but I think I have like most of my, I think like 75% of my critters are Murlocs. Mm. And it's amusing. Yes. It's really amusing because it's just like. <laughs> although, as a former World of Warcraft player, I can tell you, I hate that noise more than anything on earth. Um, but you know, whatever. Yes, it's 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 very entertaining. Yes, yes, it is. So, 
So this there's a single player campaign called Leave a League of Explorers for Hearthstone where you get that's where you get the anything can happen card. Um, but there's a really funny Murloc battle in that because one of the one of the League of Explorers is a Murloc guy with a monocle. And I think his name is Sir Finley Murgleton or something like that. But anyhow, you're battling a, a Murloc at one point and he's just making the little gibberish. Blah, 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 and then Sir Finley says, don't be rude. You don't have to say that. And it's just, it was very funny to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> um, so, so I have a question about those, yeah. those single player expansions, next Remus, uh, Black Rock Mountain, et cetera. Uh-huh. Those are worth it um, to a new player. Uh, well, it's a pa- question mark. <laughs> um, well, Nax Ramos, I would say skip at this point because you can't use the cards in standard. Um, I mean, it's cool, it's fun, but you know those those cards are are not allowed in standard. Um, Black Rock Mountain is pretty cool. There's a good card that you can get in there called Emperor. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Emperor Thalrizian, uh, whose thing is uh, if he's alive at the end of your turn, he reduces the mana cost of all of your cards by one in your hand. Ooh. Yeah, and if you can keep him out for a while, you're like one mana cost for all your big cards. So, um, so he's pretty good. You get him from Black Rock Mountain, League of Explorers. Um, like I said, they have the the Murloc thing. Um, what else? They have um, Elise Starseeker. She's a legendary. She she doesn't have like big stats, but she gives you this a map of the Golden Monkey, which gets shuffled into your deck, and then if you play the map once you get it then you get the golden monkey minion shuffled into your deck and then golden monkey is awesome he's a 6-6 taunt but he changes all of your cards to legendaries so everything in your hand in your deck everything gets switched to legendaries so but it's hard yeah to, but you still yeah it's hard to get him out it's hard to happen yeah it's hard to yeah. happen exactly yeah so, so all right so right now maybe don't bother but maybe think about it when the next one comes out yeah, well, I would say if you're able to save up like 700 gold, like you can you can do them in, in slots. Like you don't have to pay the seven bucks or whatever it is. You save up 700 gold and you can do them, you know. So, yeah, I would say but that's cool. I just remembered about Game of Thrones. I'm sorry, Stephen, you can stop listening. OMG. <laughs> of the last episode Stop. that implies that i ever started but you may go ahead. you may continue um yeah <laughs> yeah that, that was huge that was yeah. so huge it is Did you huge see that the actor apologized for lying to his fans yes, yes it's so funny yeah. i don't want to go too much into it because i don't want to give spoilers so i am completely not surprised that this happened i am surprised that it happened in episode two like my money was on episode four or five, but yeah, it's been hilarious because everybody in the cast has just been lying. The the producers, the creators, every single cast member. You, you know, by saying people are lying, that's a spoiler too. I yeah. guess it could be because now you we know, know that what they said is not true. Well, I, I heard from Polygon they they did a little guide to ethics about giving spoilers about Game of Thrones, which is yeah. pretty funny. It's a good article, but it said. <laughs> After Tuesday, it's not a spoiler anymore. Because if you haven't watched it by Tuesday, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not. You know, you have yeah. no rights. I, I, I would be happy if the two of you would spoil it for me after the show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. We just because I want to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, we will do that. We'll and do I don't want to watch. I just want to know the answer. Okay. 
Um, Okay, so I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. Linda and I work for Pixelkin. Our site is pixelkin.org. We are a website. Our audience is gamers who have now become parents like myself and many of the people who write for us. Um, So, yes, we do hardcore games all the way down to cool apps uh, for preschoolers. And you can find us on Facebook, Simply Pixelkin. You can find us on Twitter at Pixelkin underscore org. Steven, as mentioned, is editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming. Steven, go. Thanks, Nicole. Everybody, uh, as said before, I am the ho- e- the editor-in-chief of EngageFamilyGaming.com. You can find us all over the place. Specifically, you can find us on Twitter. That at, That is at EF Gaming. You can find the other podcast that I am on and occasionally Nicole is on. <laughs> And eventually Linda will also be on because I want to talk about this tabletop role playing game she's doing. Uh, You can find that. It is entitled Engage, a family gaming podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and soon to be on Google Play. Uh, And by soon to be, I mean by the time this goes up. So uh, also, what I definitely recommend that you do is join us in our community like both Nicole and as of today Linda have done. And that is going to engagefamilygaming.com slash community. Hang out with us and have a party because we're going to talk about family games all day, every day. Nice. Back to you, Nicole. It's lots of fun. Um, And just to remind you guys, this episode was sponsored by Loot Crate. You go to lootcrate.com slash gaming with the moms and then enter gaming with the moms, all one word, no spaces. Uh, When you check out, you can get three bucks off your subscription. So I think that's going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back with you next week. Bye. Bye.